Welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Othman, a biblical church centered on Christ. Open your Bibles to the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 6. We're also going to be flipping in our Bibles to two other scripture passages. We'll be looking at Genesis chapter 15 and Matthew chapter 7. I shared earlier, Mother's Day is it's under attack. And I want to explain, I'm going to share with you how. Um, Sherry and I were shopping online for our children some clothes. Now, when you shop for clothes, obviously, this is so basic in life, you first start with men's clothes, women's clothes. But at this store, I'm not going to tell you which store it is, the next section, you say, how could you have a next section? Gender-neutral clothes. That is an attack on motherhood. That is an attack on something that does not exist. God created men, and He created women. That was right there on the sixth day of creation, and God said that was good. We are born either a boy or a girl. It is not a neutral. It's not something you figure out in life. Um, This is something that we as parents... You as grandparents, as great-grandparents, you have to teach your children and your grandchildren that there are boys and girls. I know that sounds bizarre. Say we have to teach people there's a boy and girl. Yes, you have to go back to the basics of teaching motherhood. I want y'all, if I could make a prediction, I think this special day of recognition, Mother's Day, I think it is going to come under attack in America. You will see less and less emphasis on Mother's Day for that very reason. And it's and same with Father's Day next month because of the attack on genders. And I share this because in the Bible it tells us that we are to honor our father and mother. That mothers are supposed to train up their children. Fathers are supposed to teach their children and bring their children to church about the Lord. We have a God-given responsibility as parents, as grandparents, to teach your children about the Lord. This is why at Broadway we have children's church. This is why it's important to recognize children, to see them uh, honor their mothers by giving them a rose, by letting them be up on the stage singing for mama during Easter, during Christmas, vacation Bible school. Mothers love to see their children and grandchildren at church. And that's important. Moms, you want to make sure that your children are here learning and growing closer to the Lord. All right, I want you to read the scripture here in Jeremiah chapter 6. This is a, this is a passage that's um, kind of a, I guess what we would call a, a classic. And it's about the word old pass. But it's not just about old pass, it also can be translated ancient pass. Because I believe, I was blessed, me you were, you had a mother that brought you to church, that taught you about the Lord, that instructed you in the Bible, and it was a godly mother, a Christ-centered home. She made the house very special and used every opportunity to teach her children about the Lord. The Bible says those mothers will be praised. Not only do children come to church and learn about the Lord, they learn about the Lord at home. You want a God-centered house. Moms, you create that environment. And when I say it's under attack, 
I'm not just talking about the attack from redefining genders. Your home is under attack. Your children are under attack because you as a mother, you want to have maximum influence on your children. You do. And if you aren't careful, you will have outside influences through the media, through internet, through, I mean, even going shopping when you have to try to decide men, women, or gender neutral. That's an influence. A child will see that and go, what is gender neutral? What does that mean? That, even though they don't, they might laugh at that, that seed is being planted in their mind as if there's such thing as you don't have to be or a boy or a girl. It doesn't exist. Or you can switch. When we know the Bible is very clear, that is not the case. It's under attack, and we, as mothers, have to guard that and make sure that our influence is being the maximum influence in shaping your children. When I went to go pick up these corsages this past week at the florist, and some of you are going to laugh at this, Sherry laughed, I was there, and the lady at the florist was telling me, says, she, I'll say, well, how's business coming along? Are y'all saying business says, we're, we're booming because it's Mother's Day, it's prom season, uh, it was, they had several weddings, and they always have funerals. I say, well, I said, funerals, you, know, you always have those. They, that's your bread and butter, keeps you in business. And she said, yes, funerals are actually very easy. So really, so yeah, weddings, um, weddings are, are more challenging because we have to deal with the bride's mother. And, and it's, uh, it's, you know, and you want to be a mother that doesn't have maybe that reputation of, you know, of, of challenging, difficult to work with. And she went on to tell me of some stories about, it's very common in the florist business, apparently, you get your flowers, and then you want some changes made, so you go back to the florist, and you start talking about your unhappiness, and how you want it to look like this, that, and the other. That's almost standard. You might, it might, it might, you might make more money doing that. It's a bigger sell, but it's a lot more work for those weddings compared to a funeral. Funerals, she said, are actually very easy for florists with that. But this is what mothers certainly do right here. Look at Jeremiah six six. For this is what the Lord of Armies says. This is God. Cut down the trees, raise a siege ramp to Jerusalem. This city must be punished. There is nothing but oppression within her. Do you know, I must be getting old. I'm supposed to be reading verse 16, Brother Hurd, and I'm reading verse 6. I missed my verse by 10 verses. Sweet Sandy, only a mother. Only when you make a mistake, old mama say, bless the guy's heart. He's just 10 verses off. We're reading verse 16. I'm thinking this is about war. This is a Mother's Day message. Verse 16, we're reading verses 16 and 17. This is what the Lord says, every verse starts the same. This is what the Lord says, it doesn't matter, 6, 16, it's still what God says. Stand by the roadways and look. Ask about the ancient past. I love that phrase, the ancient past. Now, in some of your Bibles, it uses the word old past. The old past, I'm going to explain what that means real quick. The old past are the way of Noah the way of Abraham, the way of Moses. That, they're talking about the patriarchs. 
Jeremiah is saying, these men of old, the men back in the good old days, the men that followed the Lord, they traveled an old ancient path. And we're going to look at this morning, what is the old path? Because I believe your mother taught you the ancient or old path. The ancient or old path is one that we love the Lord. He's first in our life. As Brother Hurd asked everybody, you raise your hand saying, I've trusted in Jesus as my Savior. Moms, are you praying for your children to be saved? Are you praying for your children to walk this aisle, to go through these baptism waters and say, I want Jesus first in my life? Are you teaching your children how to be respectful? How to say, yes ma'am, no sir, thank you, please. This is the ancient past. It's one of loving the Lord, being respectful to other people. We live in a very disrespectful culture. You need to teach your children, if they have a phone, that anything they ever write on their phone or type, on anything on social media, even when they delete it, it's there somewhere forever. And it will come back 20 years later and haunt them. It never goes away. Every word you say, once it leaves your mouth, you can't take it back. Anything you type, anything you put, post, it's, it's there. It's somewhere. And the ancient past is teaching and training your children that this is the way that you live. It's not a way of selfishness in I get whatever I want. That's not how Abraham lived. And we're going to look in a little bit about Abraham. Keep going here in your Bible. That's the old past. Which is the way what is good? Then take it and find rest for yourself. Those that find the ancient past, the old past, the ways that were taught by mama, they're good. The principles you learned as a child, you cherish those and you hold them as you grow up. But then what happens is there was this protest. Have you ever heard of a protester? Have you ever seen a protester on TV? Look at this. Protesters existed 3,000 years ago. Look what this protester said. So here's Jeremiah the prophet saying, you need to go the ways of God, the ancient past, the old ways. And then it says, but they protested. We won't do it. Don't tell me what to do. Mama, I'm going to reject your teaching. I don't want to hear it anymore. That preacher has nothing good to tell me. It's, it's a protest. Protest is wrong. God wants people who are submitting to His leadership. If the Lord leads you down a path, if the Lord tells you what to do, if the Lord is bringing you somewhere, your attitude is, Lord, if it's your will, I'll do it. But it's not about what I want, it's about what you want. When we die, do we save ourselves? No. Does Mama save us? No. But the principles that your mother taught you about the Lord, do save you. We're saved by God. Jesus saves us. We give an account for our life, and we don't want to be known as, Lord, I protested and I rejected everything I learned and I was taught. I appointed watchmen over you. That phrase, watchmen, that's someone, now in Bible times, 
they did not have radar. They did not have uh, um, surveillance cameras everywhere, obviously. So what you would do is sit walls of cities were very tall, and you had men stationed throughout the night. And they just sat there and watched just everything going on. And they were looking to see, in the middle of the night, if someone was coming to attack. They were bringing their chariots and their bows and arrows, and they were going to shoot and try to take over the city. So you would have watchmen always looking out for the city. I mean, there were lots of them up on the city walls. They were alert. Mothers, you serve as a watchman. You are a hawk over your home. You have to have keen insight to every website, every social media account. You need to know where your money's being spent. You need to know what your children, what your husband, what your grandkids. You have to be aware. What are, what are they? Like right now, even Sunday morning, what are your children doing? Where are they? What are they up to? Are they in God's house? Are they watching online? That's a, what a watchman is. You just always are aware. You have to think like a boss. That's really what it's like. You know, when, when Mama walks in, you know, even with Sherry, she comes home, or I have to make sure things are cleaned up. You just have to say, the, the boss is coming in. You, you clean up the house, straighten up, put the dishes in the dishwasher. You have to spruce things up. That's what a watchman does. And he's saying here, I appointed watchmen. He said, God's saying, I've given people over you and they're for your benefit. I want you to know, there are people here, some of you, you have rejected your mother's teaching. The only reason you might be here is because your mama made you come on Mother's Day. And you're honoring her, which is good. But you have rejected what your mother wants you to do. And that's when you reject your mother's teaching, and she's teaching you about the Lord, you're rejecting Jesus. How on earth can you say, God, I want to follow you, but I reject what my mother teaches about you? No matter where you're at in life, we are to honor our father and our mother. God has given us that person in our life as a watchman. And I want to say, even if you... Um, have lost your mother this past year or two, you need to pay your respects. You need to honor and remember her, her teachings and her instructions. I appointed watchmen over you and said, listen to the sound of the ram's horn. But they protest. The ram's horn's a warning, meaning an army's coming. But we won't listen, the Bible says. That's a foolish child, someone that will not listen to their mother, Someone that will not listen to the Lord. The man, the child, the woman that won't listen is lost. Because God is speaking to them. And if you won't listen to those that God has put in your life as watchmen, why would you listen to the Lord? Flip over in your Bibles to the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 15. That phrase, old pass, that's a reference to a path that was taught by Abraham. Abraham was someone who followed the Lord. Abraham gives us an example today. God made a covenant. A covenant is a commitment with the Lord that we are to follow Him. A mother's old or ancient teachings are not obsolete. 
I believe we actually need a return to this today. Do you know, in many ways, we as Christians here in 2021, we're very technology-driven. You know, we, we all are aware, you have phones, technology, we're all into that. But at the same time, if you're not careful, you have to go back to the old paths still of honoring the Lord, showing respect, and making sure that what you were raised as, that, that life principle permeates throughout your life. Of being a hard worker, of being someone, when someone asks you to do it, instead of griping and complaining about which is doing no good, you say, yes ma'am, yes sir, I'll do it. Of honoring your work, your employer. God did not create us to live off the government. The government does not replace motherhood. There is a possibility very soon in our nation that soon children, these children that just went downstairs right now at Children's Church with Mindy, they will be in public schools at age three. Then they will be going to schools two years into a community college. That means from the age of three to about age 20, you are being instructed by the government. Now, that can be, I guess, good and bad. Depends what that instruction is. But at the same time, moms, dads, that's not what the Bible's told us to do. We have a responsibility of teaching our children and grandchildren about life, about the Lord, about work ethic. It's not the government's responsibility. We don't give your children to the state. God has given children to you. You raise your children. I know this sounds crazy. Some of you look at me like, we know this. But this is, this is the thinking. If you're not careful, it will take over your mindset. God created home as an institution for learning from mom and dad. And that's your responsibility. It's not just entertainment on TV and on the iPad and video games. So look what happens here. Abraham, look at this call. After these events, Abraham was blessed by Melchizedek. After these events, that's what the events was, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield. Your reward will be very great. God shields us. But Abraham said, Lord God, what can you give me since I'm childless and the heir of my house is Eliza of Damascus? Abraham and Sarah had no children. So their, their slave there would be next person in line. The, the house steward. They realized, how, am, how on earth am I going to be a great nation? How am I going to have children? How are you going to bless me if I don't have any children? And Abraham's getting on up there in age. Abram continued, look, you've given me no offspring so a slave born in my house will, will be my heir. Now the word of the Lord came to him. This one will not be your heir. Meaning uh, Eliza of Damascus. So God, look at this. So he took him outside and said, Look at the sky and count the scar, stars if you're able to see them. A nice clear day. God laid, led Abraham out of the tent. 
So look, look at the sky. Look up. You see all these stars. If you're able to count them, how many are there? And he says, Then he said to him, Your offspring will be that numerous. That's a promise here. And look at verse 6. Now here you are, an elderly man, and God led you outside, and you're looking at these stars. You and Sarah have no children. And God says, your offspring are going to be that numerous. I probably have some doubts to say, God, I don't know how that's possible. I mean, this is, this is going, to be, it's going to be a miracle. And it was a miracle. Look here. Abraham believed the Lord, and he credited or counted, and some of your Bibles say, and he counted it to him as righteousness. Abraham believed God. Abraham listened to the Lord. That is the old path. You want your children to believe and listen to the Lord. Moms, you teach your children this Bible story. Abraham believed God and he counted it. He credited it to him as righteousness. What makes someone righteous? Someone who believes God. The best thing you teach your children or your grandchildren is not to believe all the cultural garbage that's out there. And there's a lot of it. They have to, run, they have to constantly fight back against this stuff. Your children do. It's a barrage all the time. Even right now, if you're, if you're on your phone using the Bible app, you have temptation right there in front of you. You're fighting against that, and you're fighting for a belief in God. We say, Lord, I believe you. I want to be credited as righteous. I have three things here. I want to teach you about these old patterns. We're going to turn, in fact, you can go ahead and turn there. Last scripture is in Matthew chapter 7. Go ahead and flip over in the New Testament book. Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. Jesus tells us here about a road that's going to lead to destruction. And we as moms, we have to make sure that our children aren't going down that road. You have to fight for your children, just like you fight for your marriage. The old paths are one that is a very narrow road that very few people find it. Look here in your Bible. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. Look what God's Word says. Enter through the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the road is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who go through it. How narrow is the gate and difficult the road that leads to life. And few find it. What Jesus is telling us he is making a contrast. This is so important. Your children, your grandchildren, your life is going to be a life of two options. There's going to be this big, broad, wide road that's politically correct, that's gender neutral, that offers a lot of promise, that's easy. And it's a wide road that most folks are going to be going down. There's going to be a drift that's going to be, a current's going to always be taking you down this road. It's going to take your children down this road. 
And you, in fact, don't have to walk. You, you just you float down this road. You don't have to do anything. But Jesus is saying, don't do it. That's easy. You need to take the difficult road. The difficult road requires work. The difficult ro- road is honoring your mother. The difficult road is all of a sudden self-sacrifice. Instead of doing what you want to do, you say, God, I'm not, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to watch this. I'm not going to participate in this. I'm going to do this over here. I'm going to spend time with the Lord. I'm going to spend time helping around the house. I'm going to spend time learning and doing schoolwork and being a better student and, being, and honoring my parents what they're asking me to do. And Jesus says, that lifestyle, few people find it, but in the end, it pays great dividends. That's the way that Jesus is pointing your family down. And it's a constant fight that we must choose the difficult road. And you have to help your children, your grandchildren have to choose that. Coming to church is going to become more and more difficult for children with so many different options going on. Any opportunity your children and grandchildren could be doing right now. But they want to choose what Jesus is talking about. Look at this next verse. It goes on to say in verse 14. It says, How narrow is the gate and difficult the road that leads to life. There it is. Eternal life is through Jesus Christ. Mothers, the greatest thing you should be praying for is that your family, your children, get saved. Some of you are here this morning and your children are not in church. They're not here. They're not, they're not living for the Lord. And you should be daily crying and calling out for them to return, to experience revival, to see renewal, Many people are saved by their mother's prayers. Mama, grandmother, has been praying for their children. Do you know, the other path, we see here, we talk about this old path. The other path is going to be promoted. Self-promotion. Promotion that's going to lead to an easy lifestyle, convenient lifestyle, very self-centered lifestyle is something we have to teach ourselves, our children, that this is not something you want to go down. When I was there at the florist yesterday, picking these up or earlier this week, the lady that was telling me about the problem of dealing with mothers of brides, because she knew we were part of this church, she said, Pastor, you know what's also changed. This lady's been in the florist business many years. She's seen a lot of changes in weddings. And I thought, this illustrates it so much. But you have to teach your children what marriage is about. She said, Pastor, back many years ago, a marriage was really about that couple getting married. It was about the ceremony it was about the vows. It was about the commitment that this man and woman are coming together and the families are uniting 
And they're committing themselves to be a godly couple. She said, the problem I've noticed, I mean, she, this lady's in the floor, she goes to a lot of weddings, does flowers. She says, instead of it being about the people getting married, it's about the general public. You're, you're actually showing off for Instagram photos. It's the most bizarre thing. You're actually having a wedding to take pictures for the internet. That is literally what a wedding has become. What do the flowers look like? One petal's out of place. What does the dress look like? It's a presentation. And what we have to teach our children, you pray for not only your children's salvation, you pray for the person they're going to marry. You teach them what marriage, a marriage covenant and commitment is like. Because they're not going to learn it in the media. They're not going to learn this in school. They're not going to learn it in the world out there whatsoever. So where do they learn this stuff at? They learn it at home. They learn it at church. A young lady should be growing up, learning to be a godly young lady, and then praying for the person she's going to marry one day. And she walks out of the church and makes that commitment to her spouse. Because when tough times come in their marriage, it's not going to be the Instagram photos that keep them together at all. That commitment to the Lord and commitment to Christ is what keeps folks together. That's the only thing that can keep folks together today. Because the cultural drift is so strong, it pulls people away. Last thing here. The door God opens. The door God opens to your children's life. It will not always remain open. I want to explain what I mean by this. Listen, parents, grandparents, you have an, if you have... If you have an opportunity for influence, if, you, if your children or grandchildren come over to your house, you need to take any and every opportunity to teach them about the Lord and bring them to church. Because they're going to grow up, they're going to get a driver's license, they're going to get a job, they're going to get a girlfriend, and they're going to be gone. And the window, the door, closes. When that door is open, you grab it and you take advantage of that opportunity. That is a picture of teaching your children, moms, the old, ancient past. Abraham believed God and God credited him as righteous. Are your children righteous? Have they responded to the Lord? Moms, are you teaching your children about Jesus. That's the greatest thing you can do. Do you have a family devotion time? Do you read scriptures to them? Do you pray with your children? Do you pray for your children? Children, are you honoring your mother? Do you make sure that even maybe when she can't come to church, you pick her up and bring her to Sunday school? You bring her to worship? You make sure she has her Sunday school book. You make sure she has what she needs. So she is, she, she took care of you when you were younger. Now maybe as she's older, you help take care of her. It goes both ways. She raised you, and you honor her when she maybe can't take care of herself like she used to. That is God's plan for moms. That's God's plan for children. When we don't live this way, we are being disobedient to the Lord. 
Our culture does not teach this whatsoever. Our culture teaches. You basically turn 18, take whatever mom gives you, and you go out there, and maybe for your birthday you get some money, and you call 1-800-Flowers and have them delivered to her house on Mother's Day and her birthday. And you do whatever you want to do. That's not, that's not the biblical instruction. The way God is teaching us is one of honor and commitment first to the Lord. It's called the old pass. I'm about to have an opportunity for you to respond to the gospel. If you've never been saved, maybe your mother has been praying for you to receive Jesus. In a minute, you'll be able to come walk this aisle, take my hand, take Brother Hurd's hand, and say, yes, I want to get saved this morning. I want to make that commitment that in, in, in respond to that prayer that my mother, my grandmother, has been praying for me to do this. We have baptism in three weeks here at our church in a creek, an outdoor baptism. Maybe you've never been baptized. best thing you do is respond. Show mother that you're going to respond and show the Lord to, to what she's been praying for you to do. So I invite you to stand up. We're going to have our hymn of invitation just as I am. If you want to make a decision, make this your church home. Come receive believer's baptism. Now is your time. Brother Herb, will you come join me and stand up front? David Dale's going to lead us in a song. Just as I am, you respond to the good news.